0: So the first mitzvah that Hashem gave Moses in Egypt was to create a Jewish calendar. And according to our oral tradition, it wasn't just telling him what day, that this is the first month, the first day of the month, and to know this month, but he gave him all the rules of the calendar. And the reason why Hashem gave Moshe the rules of the calendar before anything else is because without a calendar, you have no dates. Without a calendar, you have no holidays. And much of Judaism would not exist without a calendar. You wouldn't be able to celebrate the Exodus. You wouldn't be able to celebrate Passover. You wouldn't have any of the other holidays without... You wouldn't even have a birthday if you didn't have a calendar. You need a calendar for all of these things. So keeping the calendar is one of the central parts of Judaism. Judaism falls apart if you don't have a calendar. Very, very important. And therefore, keeping the calendar has been one of the most important roles of Jewish scholars throughout the generations. In the days of the Sanhedrin, when we had the Supreme Council of Judaism, which existed for the first eighteen hundred years or so of Judaism, that was the main job of the Sanhedrin to keep a calendar. Now, you may be you may be familiar with the Jewish calendar and know that it fluctuates with what's called the Gregorian calendar. The regular calendar year, we just started a new year yesterday, January 1st. That's called the Gregorian calendar. It's named after a Pope, Pope Gregory, who um, some thousand years ago or more than a thousand years ago set our calendar as we have it today. So it's called the Gregorian calendar. So our um, the Jewish calendar is similar to the Gregorian calendar, but it's different. Every year, the Jewish holidays fall out on a different date. Rosh Hashanah is on a different date. Hanukkah is on a different date. Uh, you, the Yahrzeit are on a different date. Your birth, Jewish birthday is on a different date. Every year, every year it falls out on a different date. So it fluctuates, it's not exactly, but it doesn't fluctuate too much. It never moves too far. It's always within about a four-week window. Never moves too far in either direction. Moves a little bit from year to year, but not too much. So how exactly does it work? How would you set the Jewish calendar? So I'm going to try to give you a deeper understanding into how the Jewish calendar works. But first, an understanding of how it is that the Jewish calendar fluctuates when measured with the Gregorian calendar, but only... It fluctuates, but it only fluctuates slightly, only within a couple weeks. And the reason for that is the Gregorian calendar is what's called a solar calendar. It follows the path of the sun the earth takes just under 365 and a quarter days to circle the sun, to orbit the sun. It takes just under 365 and a quarter days to come back to the same point. And therefore, our Gregorian calendar is set in a way that we have 365 days in our calendar. And then, because there's a little bit more than 365 days, almost a quarter day extra, every year, we add 97 times over 400 years, we add an extra day, making it a leap year. It's almost every four years. It's not exactly every four years, it's almost every four years. 97 times out of 400 years, we add an extra day, and that makes it exact, that gets pretty pretty accurate that we have our days exact over 400 year period um, with the 97 extra days that we add. In a 400 year cycle we don't add leap years in years 100, 200, and 300. That's how you get 97. So <coughs> the Gregorian calendar that we're familiar with <coughs> follows the solar system pretty accurately. Now the Jewish months and dates we know follow the moon. We mentioned earlier that the new month, Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of a month, is on when there is a new moon, when the moon reappears. Now, the moon takes just over 29 and a half days to circle the earth and come back to the same spot in relationship to the sun. It takes a little bit less than that to circle the earth. A little bit less than about 27 plus days to circle the earth. But because we're moving as well, in order to come back in the same spot in relationship to the sun, it goes back to, to follow kind of the moon waxing and waning. The moon cycle, it takes 29 and a half days, just over that. So what happens is, as the moon moves further away from the sun, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And until when it's at the furthest point from the sun, we have what we call a full moon. And then about 14 and three-quarter days later, the moon gets smaller, 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 until at its smallest point, as it gets closer to the sun, until it's at the point where it's directly between us and the sun, and at that point you don't see the moon at all. And there's always one night every month where the moon is not visible at all, it disappears entirely. So now, if you count 29 and a half day months, you, let's say you have 12 months, because you want to make a full year. So you have twelve you have twenty-nine twenty-nine sorry twelve, twenty-nine and a half day cycles. How many days would that give you? Two hundred and fifty-four, right? Twelve times thirty is sorry, three hundred and fifty-four. Twelve times 12 times 30 is 360. Minus, because you have 12 half days, so minus 6 is 354. Right? 354. So, so if the Jewish calendar was just a lunar calendar with 354 days, you would be 11 and a quarter days shorter than the solar year. The solar year is 365 and a quarter days. A lunar year of 12 lunar months would be 354 days. You are off by 11 and a quarter days. So in order to make up for those 11 days, what we do is we also have a solar calendar. There's a Jewish lunar calendar. But we don't only follow the moon, we follow the sun too. And every two or three years, we add an extra year, an extra month, in order to be able to make up those 11 days after two years, the 11 and a quarter become 22 and a half. After three years, it becomes 33 and three quarters. That's already more than a month off. A month is 29 and a half days. So you add an extra month every two to three years, and that way you get the calendars to match up. So we have a solar calendar and a lunar calendar. The dates generally follow the lunar calendar, but we also have a solar year, and we make sure that the lunar calendar always follows the solar year, and when necessary add an extra month in order for the lunar year and the solar year to sync together. Yes? Which was developed first, the solar They Both calendars were given to Moses at the same time. We were told our dates, our months will follow the new moon. When, you said home, regular, created a solar calendar. There's been solar calendars in various cultures forever, so from the beginning of civilization. Our current solar calendar, the way we have it now, was created by Pope Gregory. They had other solar calendars before. Before the Gregorian calendar, they had, well, I think, what was called a Julian calendar, made by an earlier pope, called, or by an emperor called Julian. But it wasn't so accurate, so then they adjusted it. They made a new calendar that's more accurate. The Jewish lunar calendar, it's the beginning of Judaism, to the days of Moses. Our calendar goes back to Moses. We have, but our Jewish calendar is not just a lunar calendar, it's a lunar and solar calendar. It's both together. In other words, it follows the moon, but it also follows the sun. The months follow the moon, but then the years are adjusted to make sure that it always remains in the same solar cycle. That Passover is always in the spring, and Sukkot is always in fall. It's always, it's always adjusted that we stay within the same solar cycle. We have a hybrid lunar and solar calendar. So every three years or so, tonight, when you have to add the extra month, is there a name for that? Month? Yes, we're going to get to all those details, yes. There's more than two. Well, the Russian Orthodox and the Greek Orthodox. Yes, yes, only, yes, you are correct. And Matika has a very good point, for those that are interested in the trivia of calendars, uh, Matika has a very good point, that only Western Europe and um, Catholic or Protestant countries keep the Gregorian calendar, although it's now become universal, and even in Asia they use it, And while um, while in... Orthodox Christian countries they keep other calendars. Some still keep the Julian calendar. The Russian Orthodox Church has its own calendar. There's, there's other calendars as well. And that's why they celebrate Xmas on different days. You're absolutely right. 6th, I think. When is it? 6 January I think. So. I might be wrong. So So how does the Jewish calendar work? So when Judaism first began in the days of Moses, God told Moses to create a Sanhedrin, a supreme council. The supreme council is going to eventually have 71 senior members And they are the final arbitrators of all matters of Judaism. In the past, we did a class about the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin had the right not only to decide what the law is in various new scenarios, but also to create new laws, which they did. We have many rabbinic law. Rabbinic law are all laws that were created by the Sanhedrin, by the Supreme Council of Judaism. One of the roles of the Sanhedrin was to fix the calendar. And fixing the calendar had two very important parts. Firstly, they had to decide which years they should add extra months based on a whole set of criteria that they were supposed to do. And every year, they should decide, should we make this a regular year with only 12 months? Or should we make it a leap year with a 13th month to keep it in sync with the solar calendar? And every year, they had to make that decision. Should we make it a regular year? Should we make it a leap year? There was nothing said in advance. They made every year they decided what they should do. They also had to decide the length of each month. The average time that it takes for the moon to reach the same point in relationship to the sun is 29 days, 12 hours, 44 minutes, and 3 and 1 third seconds. But that means, because it's about 29 and a half days, that means that you can't have a half a day where this day is part of two months. Right? You can't have two different months, the day, you have two different dates. Each day has only one date. So each month then can either have 29 days or 30 days. So the Sanhedrin had the job of deciding every month how many days it should have. Should this month have 29 days? Or should this month have 30 days? How did they decide? So our oral tradition tells us that the new month was declared based on a sighting of... The new month was declared based on a sighting of the new moon. So everybody would look out of their windows. Now remember, the beginning of the month, when the new moon appears, the moon is very close to the sun. So you'll see it right, it's right behind the sun. You'll see it right after sunset. For a couple minutes after sunset, and then it disappears. So everyone at sunset of the, what would be the, after the 29th day of the month, what could possibly be the 30th day of this month, or the first day of next month, if this month only turns out to have 29 days, everybody looks outside to see if they see the moon. They go to great places where they can look out, where they could see and if you see the moon they would run to the sanhedrin wherever it was in jerusalem wherever it was in jerusalem or in o- wherever it was in jerusalem or in other places they would run to the sanhedrin they would report the sighting of the new moon people saw the new moon then the sanhedrin would say last month is only 29 days we declare today to be the first day of the new month if nobody saw the moon then they would wait and they would, the next month they would say today is the new today is the new month and that's how they declared the month based on the sightings of the moon people would go out to see the moon if they saw the moon they would declare the new month now the truth is the sanhedrin knew the astronomical calculations of exactly when the moon could be visible anyone can calculate and figure out exactly where the moon is at any given time. It's a little bit complicated to figure it out, but anyone can figure it out. Today there's already charts. You could figure out exactly where the moon is at any time. And these, this knowledge, was very astronomy was very old. One of the first things we figure out, civilization figure it out. We knew exactly, where the Sanhedrin knew exactly where the moon was and if it was even possible to see the new moon or not. They knew whether it was possible or not, but they, that was not enough for them. They could not decide based on the fact that they knew when the new moon would be. Rather, they would have to decide. Rather, they would have to decide based on the sighting of the moon. So they would wait for the people to come, testify they saw it, and that is how they decided the calendar. You could never plan a calendar more than a month at a time, because every month you never knew when the next month was going to begin. Will this month have 29 days, or would this month have 30 days? Yes, then. Our counter I'll get to, but this is the way they did it when there was a Sanhedrin. Every month they decided each month when the new month should be. Right, but did they... Every single month they figured it out. But Depending so on they out the whole year No, or... one month at a time. They oh, did one did I, month. Like, did they get it all together for the first year or did they have to Every month they decided should this month should today be Rosh Chodesh, the new month, making yet last month only 29 days? Or should tomorrow be the new month, making last month 30 days? Every month they made that decision. Okay, we'll change, so Question, is there a we didn't have calendars then. You couldn't make a calendar more than a month at a time because you didn't know when the new month would begin. So, when did they finally make the calendar? We'll talk about that. So, when this happened, When this happened, in those days when there was a Sanhedrin, when we had the Supreme Council of Judaism, they didn't know when the holidays were until the beginning of the month because the holidays depend on the day of the month. So Passover is always on the 15th day of the month of Nisan. But until the beginning of Nisan, you don't know what day is going to be Passover. can't make your Passover plans. You know about it's with one or two, within two, one, two days, but exactly which day is going to be, you don't know. Shavuot was a little bit easier. Shavuot is always exactly 50 days after the first day of Passover. Because you count 49 days and then the 50th day of Shavuot. That was a little bit easier. Sukkot was also a problem. You didn't know until the first day of the month. You didn't know what day would be Sukkot. Sukkot is on the 15th day of the month of Tishrei. So, as soon as they declared the Sanhedrin, declared the month, wherever they were, they would send out messengers all over Israel, let everybody know what day the holiday would be. What happened to Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is a big problem. Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the month of Tishrei. So when Rosh Hashanah begins on the eve of Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah night, everyone gathers for their Rosh Hashanah dinner. You don't know if tonight is going to be Rosh Hashanah because there will be sightings of the new moon and they'll declare today, the first day of the month, and the previous month having only 29 days. Or maybe tomorrow night will be Rosh Hashanah. And you have to make the dinner again? There's no way to know. They'd celebrate Rosh Hashanah. It wasn't until the middle of the day on the first day of Rosh Hashanah that they knew if it was Rosh Hashanah or maybe tomorrow's Rosh Hashanah. So because of that because of that since the days of Moses we always kept two days of Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah has always been two days and still is two days because even though the Torah only says one day Rosh Hashanah we have no way of knowing until after the fact which day is actually Rosh Hashanah we had then no way of knowing So people kept two days of Rosh Hashanah, and this worked fine as long as the Jewish people lived in the land of Israel. After the destruction of the first temple, the people were exiled to Babylonia, and the Sanhedrin ended up in Babylonia too. But then they went back to build the second temple. The Sanhedrin eventually moved back to Jerusalem, the Supreme Council. Most Jews though remained in Babylonia, many Jews by now were living all over the Babylonian Empire, or was now the Persian Empire... In Egypt, in Anatolia, modern-day Turkey, in Greece even, in India, they were living everywhere. So how did they know what day was the holiday? They were too far away. So what they started doing is they started keeping a second day for each holiday. Passover, the first day you're not allowed to work, and the seventh day you're not allowed to work. So they started doing the first two days no work. And the seventh and eighth day no work. And seven days you're not supposed to have chametz. They started doing eight days no chametz. Sukkot, first day you're not supposed to work. And the eighth day, Shemini Yatzeret, we don't work. They added an extra day. First and second day they didn't work. Shemini Yatzeret, eighth and ninth day they didn't work. And so they added an extra day to each holiday. Shavuot too they added an extra day. To make it all the same, they add an extra day to each holiday outside of the land of Israel. In the land of Israel, they only had one day of each holiday except Rosh Hashanah. Outside of Israel, they add an extra day to each holiday except only one holiday they didn't add an extra day. Which one? Yom Kippur. Because try to fast for 48 hours. That would be tough. So, because of that, they just did one day Yom Kippur and hope for the best. But all the other holidays, all the other holidays, they added an extra day. And this lasted as long as there was a Sanhedrin. In the by the three hundreds, the Jewish community in Israel really dwindled due to persecution, especially once Rome adopted Christianity. There was terrible persecution of Jews in the Roman Empire, particularly in the land of Israel. And so, as a result, the Jewish community dwindled. And there were no more yeshivas, there was no more scholars, and so the Sanhedrin was disbanded. Before the Sanhedrin was disbanded, in the early three hundreds, the last act that the Sanhedrin did was to make a permanent holiday, a calendar. So that now we have a set calendar and we no longer need to we have a set calendar, we no longer need to rely on the Sanhedrin. So even without a Sanhedrin, we still know, we still have dates for everything. And they created a set calendar. They also declared that all those places that are keeping two days holiday, even though now you have a set calendar and you don't have a problem anymore, you should continue keeping two days, exactly as you always did. Don't change it. So that's why still till today, outside the land of Israel, we keep two days for each holiday, an extra day. In Israel, they only have one day, except Rosh Hashanah, everywhere we have one day, like we've always had since the days of Moses. So they created a calendar. The calendar they created is somewhat complicated. It's somewhat complicated to understand it. And in the next couple minutes, I'm going to try to give you a very quick and brief overview of the complex calendar. And so I... put out this handout that you can follow along. Um, The first page is the one that says on top, the Jewish calendar. So the Jewish calendar year can have either 300, now you'll see on the second page, days of the year, you see there's a column that says days of the year, I made a big mistake in every single one of those. I put a two. It should be. I I copied and pasted it, but it should be 353, 355, 354. It's of course a three, right? It's 300 days in a calendar year, not 200. That's a typo. So you could correct all of those when you get around to it. I apologize. So the Jewish year can have 354, three. Sorry, 353. 354 or 355 days in it. The leap year, we'll get back to that page. Don't worry about it now. We're still on the first page that says the Jewish calendar. <laughs> so the Jewish year can have 354, 353, 354, or 355 days. A leap year can have 383, 384, 385 days. How does that work? So if you look at the page that says Jewish months, there are 12 months in the Jewish calendar. And the way they work is as follows. Now, (coughs) we always start our calendar with the month of Nisan. It's a little bit confusing. Nisan is the month that Passover is in, in the spring. We start our new year from Rosh Hashanah. So we count the months always from Nisan, But the new year is Rosh Hashanah. Now why that is, is a discussion of its own. We once did a class about it, about the Jewish new year. So we did a class about that one already. It's on the podcast. So, but we have a, so the months, though start from Nisan. So if you look at your chart, you'll see Nisan is always 30 days. That's when Passover is. Er, the second month, is always 29 days. Sivan is always 30 days. Tammuz is always 29 days. Av is always 30 days. El is always 29 days. Tishrei is almost 30 days. Cheshvan is sometimes 29, sometimes 30. Kislev is sometimes 29, sometimes 30. Tevet is 29. Shavat is 30. Adar is 29. So we never do 31. No, it's always 29 or 30. Remember, a lunar month is 29 and a half days. So, if a year is 353 days, then what will happen is, both Cheshvan and Kislev, you see, are the two months that are flexible. If it's 353 days, both Cheshvan and Kislev have 29 days. If it's 354 days, then Cheshvan will have 29 days. Kislev will have 30 days. And if it's 355 days, then Cheshvan and Kislev will both have 30 days. So each month fluctuates, 30 days, 29 days, 30 days, 29 days. The only ones that can change are Cheshvan and Kislev. They can both either be twenty nine. One can be twenty nine, one thirty, or both thirty. And that way, we can have years that are three hundred and fifty three days, Cheshvan and Kislev both being twenty nine, three hundred and fifty four days, Cheshvan being twenty nine, Kislev being thirty, or three hundred and fifty five days, Cheshvan and Kislev both being thirty. Then, in a leap year, there's an extra thirty days because instead of one Adar, we add two Adars the first Adar is always 30 days, and the second Adar is always 29 days. So adding an extra 30 days, again it can fluctuate. If in this leap year, Cheshvan and Kislev both have 29 days, we'll have 383 days in the year. If Cheshvan has 29 and Kislev have 30 and it's a leap year, we'll have 384 days in the year. And if Cheshvan and Kislev both have 30 days and it's a leap year, then we'll have 385 days in the year. Longest possible year. So six different possibilities on the amount of days of the year. 350, for a regular year, 353, 354, 355. For a leap year, 383, 384, 385. Okay. then, That's a good question. Possibly. There's a debate over that. For now, it just keeps going. Yes, Doc? So... Yes, totally independent of it being a leap year. So there on a 3 year cycle of change. It's not every 3 years the leap year, it's 2 or 3 years for the leap year or for the How do you know? That's a good question. So how do you know what year has two, 353 days, which year has 354 days and which year has 355 days? Or in other words, how do you know when Cheshvan and Kislev should both have 29 days, when Cheshvan should have 29 and Kislev have 30, or when they should both have 30? How do you decide that? So here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. You have to look at your year. When does Rosh Hashanah begin? What day of the week does Rosh Hashanah begin? Then you look at next year. You say, next year, what day will the new moon for the month of Tishrei, month of Tishrei is the month that Rosh Hashanah begins, When will the new moon for Rosh Hashanah of Tishrei be? And depending on when the new moon is, and it's somewhat complicated, various new moons lead Rosh Hashanah to be various days, depending on the new moon is, you decide what day of the week Rosh Hashanah will be. So you have to know what day Rosh Hashanah of the week Rosh Hashanah is this year and what day of the week Rosh Hashanah will be next year. And you decide what day it will be next year based on, and this year, based on what day, when the new moon of that month is going to be. However, there is a catch, a very, very important catch. And that is Rosh Hashanah can only be on four days of the week. It can only be on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Shabbat. Rosh Hashanah can never be on a Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday. It can only be on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Shabbat. Never Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. Why? Because if Rosh Hashanah was on a Wednesday, Yom Kippur is ten days or nine days later. Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the month, Yom Kippur is the tenth day of the month, nine days later. If Rosh Hashanah was on a Wednesday, Yom Kippur would be one week plus two days, seven plus two days later. Yom Kippur would be on Friday. You would end your fast, what would you eat? You can't cook on Yom Kippur for Shabbat. So we never have Rosh Hashanah on a Wednesday. If Rosh Hashanah was on a Friday, then Yom Kippur would be nine days later on a Sunday. You want to have a hot meal before Yom Kippur? You can't cook Shabbat. We don't want Yom Kippur on a Sunday either. So to avoid Yom Kippur ever being on a Friday or a Sunday, Rosh Hashanah can never be on a Wednesday or a Friday. But then, if Rosh Hashanah was on a Sunday, then the 21st of the month of Tishrei, which is also a day known as Hosha'na Rabbah, the final day of Sukkot, would be on a Shabbat. 21 days later would be Shabbat, exactly three weeks later. And the 21st day of the month of Tishrei would be on a... 20 days later, sorry, would be a Shabbat. Right? Rosh Hashanah is the first, the 21st is 20 days later, It would be on a Shabbat. Now, on Hoshana Rabbah, we have a tradition that we circle with, we take our lulav and etrog, and we circle the um, bima seven times in the temple. They would sur- circle the altar in the temple, and um, we bang willow branches, and it's a very powerful thing, and because it's something that our sages instituted in the early days of Judaism, but the Sanhedrin instituted um, right after, not long after Moses, in the early days of Judaism, but it was not written in the Torah, um, we're not allowed to do it on Shabbat. And because we cannot do it on Shabbat, therefore we never want the 20th day of the month of Tishrei to be on Shabbat. 21st day, sorry, of the month of Tishrei to be on Shabbat, Hoshana Rabbah. So because of that, Rosh Hashanah, since they made that rule, they said Rosh Hashanah will never be on a Sunday. So because of those rules, Rosh Hashanah can never be on a Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday. It can only be on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Shabbat. So here's how it works. If you turn over the page, the page that says calendar rules. And remember, all those twos, it's not 200, it's 300. That's a mistake. Not all those, that's a typo. So here are all the, the seven different possibilities for a regular year, and seven different possibilities for a leap year. So in a regular year, a non-leap year has 12 months. So if the previous Rosh Hashanah was on a Monday, right? And let's say the next Rosh Hashanah is going to be on a Thursday. Now, as a, generally, the next Rosh Hashanah is always going to be either three days later, four days later, or five days later of the week. So if it's on a Monday, if Rosh Hashanah this year is on a Monday, it cannot be it can only be three days later, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It could either be Thursday, it can't be a Friday because Rosh Hashanah is never on Friday, it could be on Shabbat. So if it's on Monday, the first previous Rosh Hashanah was on Monday and the next Rosh Hashanah is on a Thursday, then you would have 253, sorry, 353 days in that year. 353 days means both Cheshvan and Kislev have 29 days. If the previous Rosh Hashanah was on a Monday, and the next Rosh Hashanah was on Shabbat, then that year would have 355 days, which would mean both Cheshvan and Kislev would be 30 days. If the previous Rosh Hashanah was on a Tuesday, then, remember, the next Rosh Hashanah could only be three days later in the week, four days later, or five days later. The only possibility is four days, because three days later would be Friday. For, Rosh Hashanah is never on Friday. Five days later is Sunday. Rosh Hashanah is never on Sunday. So it could only be four days later on Shabbat. So the year would always be 254 days. And that would mean Cheshvan has 29 days, Kislev has 30 days. If Rosh Hashanah is on a Thursday, then the next year Rosh Hashanah can be three days of the week later, which would be a Monday, which would be a 254-day year. Then Cheshvan would be 29 days, Kislev would be 30 days. Or it could be on a Tuesday which would be a 355-day a year, where Cheshvan would be 30 days and Kislev would be 30 days. If Rosh Hashanah was on a Shabbat, then the next Rosh Hashanah could be either on a Tuesday, a 353-day year, where Cheshvan is 29 days, Kislev is 30 days. Or, if the previous Rosh Hashanah was on a Shabbat, then the next week, then the next Rosh Hashanah can be on a Thursday, a 355-day year, with Cheshvan and Kislev both being 30 days. So that is how you calculate it. You figure out when this year Rosh Hashanah is, you figure out when next year Rosh Hashanah is, and then depending on that, you decide is it going to be, you figure out is it going to be a 353 day year, 354 day year, or 355 day year. If it's 353 days, that Cheshvan is 29 days, Kislev is 30 days. If it's 354 days, and then, then Cheshvan is 29 days, and Kislev is 30 days. And it's 355 days, and Cheshvan and Kislev are both 30. What happens if it's a leap year? Then it's 30 days more. Now in a leap year, you add an extra 30 days, you're adding two more days of the week, right? Because it's 28 plus seven, four, a month is 30 days, it's four weeks plus two days. So the next Rosh Hashanah is either going to be five days of the week later or seven days of the week later. So let's say you have a leap year where the first Rosh Hashanah, the Rosh Hashanah of that year is on a Monday. Then the next year Rosh Hashanah can either be Shabbat, which would be a 383-year day, where Cheshvan is 29 days and Kislev is 29 days, or the next year Rosh Hashanah can be on a Monday again. That would be a 385-day year and Rosh Hashanah and Kislev would both be 30 days. If Rosh Hashanah is on a Tuesday, then the next year Rosh Hashanah can only be on a Monday because it has to either be five days later in the week, which would be a Sunday. Rosh Hashanah is never on a Sunday. And Rosh Hashanah can never be on a Tuesday two years in a row. So it's always going to be a 384-day year, Cheshvan 29 days, Kislev 30 days. Rosh Hashanah is on a Thursday, then the next year can either be on a Tuesday if it's a leap year, which would be 383 days, with Cheshvan and Kislev both being 29 days, or the next year Rosh Hashanah could be on a Thursday, Cheshvan and Kislev would both be 30 days. If Rosh Hashanah is on a Shabbat in a leap year, the next year can be Rosh Hashanah could be on a Thursday, making 383 days, Rosh Hashanah and Kislev will both be 30, 29 days, if, or the next year Rosh Hashanah could be on a Shabbat as well, making a year of three hundred and eighty-five days, the longest possible year. And both Cheshvan and Kislev would be on a would be thirty days each. This year, this year five seven eight two is a leap year. It is a leap year, and Rosh Hashanah this year was on what day of the week? Does anyone remember? R- Rosh Hashanah this year, the first day of Rosh Hashanah was on a Tuesday. Tuesday was on a Tuesday. So that would be in this. In the leap year chart, it would be number three. So this is a year with 384 days. And Cheshvan this year had 29 days. Kislev this year had 30 days. That would be number three. That's this year. So I know it's a little complex. But that is how the Jewish calendar is calculated. And knowing this, you can calculate the Jewish calendar. And this now you know, thousand-year calendar, you could calculate the Jewish calendar going forward as far as you want. So, so when do they come up with the next year? Oh, we've, we've, they've figured it out going forward thousands of years. You could keep going. Once you have the rules, you can keep going forever. Okay, so... Years are out. It's all figured out. It's all figured out. The Sanhedrin was disbanded about 1,700 years ago. It's all been figured out since. And are these people called something? The Sanhedrin figured this out. Once they have it, it's all written down. You can open the book, and the charts are all printed. You can open any book of Jewish calendars, the Jewish there's Jewish books that speak about Jewish calendar, and it will give you all the years. It gives it's all laid out. It's very easy now. Now yeah, you can just go on Google and find it all. Um, I think Google, Google has a Jewish calendar. So one of their calendars you could add to your Google calendar. It's all figured out already. All figured out in advance. There's, there's no relation between the Jewish uh, Nissan and the Japanese car Nissan. I have no idea. You've got to ask them. We were around first. So I know I'm running over time, but just to get you a little sense of how our leap years work. So we told you how, so this year, Rosh Hashanah was on a Tuesday, it's a leap year. Next week, Rosh Hashanah is going to be on, it's a 384 day year. Next year, Rosh Hashanah is going to be on what day of the week? On a Monday, right? We know that now. Rosh Hashanah is going to be on a Monday. The following year, it's not going to be a leap year. Rosh Hashanah could be the following year. Could either be on a Thursday, right? The following Rosh Hashanah can either be on a Thursday, right, or it can be on a Shabbat, right? Don't know yet. No, we do know. No, I'm just giving you the possibilities. Um, Rosh Hash- The following year after being on a Monday, this coming year five seven eight three will be on a Monday. The year after that, we know based on our chart that the following year Rosh Hashanah can either be on a Thursday in theory, right? Or it can be on a Shabbat, right? It can be either on a two. Which one will be, be on a Thursday? But it, could be, it, ca- it can be either of the two. Is there a way to determine? Yes, you have to know when the new moon is visible. You can calculate 29 and a half days 12 hours, 44 minutes, and three and a third seconds. We announce every time in Shul before we announce the new month, we announce when the new moon will be visible. You can calculate when Rosh Hashanah will be visible, when the new moon for Rosh Hashanah will be visible. So we mentioned earlier that to keep the years in sync, the lunar years with the solar years, we need to add a new month every two to three years. More precisely, we add seven months every 19 years. So every 19 years we add seven seven months. And it runs in a cycle, I put a chart over here of leap years, where there is a leap year every year 3, 6, 8, 11, 14, 17, and 19. There's always a leap year during those years. 3, 6, 8, 11, 14, 17, and 19 are all leap years within that 19-year cycle. Because of that, our solar and lunar calendars come together every 19 years. Now, the Gregorian calendar that we have is a solar calendar. So every 19 years, your Jewish date on the Jewish calendar, which is a hybrid calendar, and the Gregorian date... Are going to match up. So every 19 years, your Jewish birthday and your Gregorian birthday will be the same when you turn 19, when you turn 38, when you turn 57, when you turn 76, and if you make it to 95. <laughs> now, the cycle started the same as also with Yarchites. Every anniversary, Nineteen years of the yard site—they will add up. They will match up the Gregorian date and the Jewish date. Will match up every nineteen years. Nineteen. So the cycle started. What year are we in now? The cycle started in year one. Now we are in five seven eight two. So it's really easy to figure out. I'll tell you why. Because fifty seven hundred, which was eighty two years ago, right? The beginning of this. Jewish century, right? We're in the fifty-eighth century, but the year the year fifty-seven hundred was divisible by nineteen. Right? Fifty-seven hundred is a factor of nineteen, right? Fifty-seven hundred marked the end of exactly three hundred cycles from year one. So fifty-seven zero one. Would have been the beginning of a new cycle. Every nineteen years, from 15700, we start a new cycle. So 5719 would have ended. 5700 ended a cycle. 5719 would have ended a cycle. 5738, 5, um, 5, 57, 5757 would have ended a cycle. 5, and then 5776 would have ended a cycle. Our most recent cycle then started 5777. 5776 ended a cycle. 5777 started our new cycle was year 1. We're now in 5782, which means we're now year 6. We're now year 6. We're in year six of the 19-year cycle. There's a 19-year cycle. The cycle start year one was 5777. 5778 57, seven, was year two. 5779 was year three. 5780 was year four. Uh, um, 5781 five, was year five. 5782, the year we're in now, was year six. We're in year six of a 19-year cycle. Right? We're in the fourth cycle already, for this century. Sorry, we're in, the, we're in the fifth cycle of this, we're in the fifth cycle of this century, right? We're in the 305th cycle since year one. But we're in year number six of the cycle. Year number six, we know, is always a leap year. Our next leap year is going to be when? Year number, you can look at the chart, year number eight. Year number eight will be what year if this is year number six? Will be in 5784. We're now 5782. 5784 will be our next leap year. We're in the sixth year of the cycle. We're in the sixth year of the cycle, and year eight is also a leap year. So, in that way, we're able to figure out leap years pretty easily. So, now you get a, the, at least the gist of it. I know it's complex, the gist of how we figure out the years. Um, the length of the year, whether it's going to be 353, 354, or 355 days, and the months, which months change, three, eight, and then as well as the leap years, we figure out which leap year, which year is going to be a leap year. So that's in really a nutshell and very short how, how our Jewish calendar works. Now the Jewish calendar is unique in that it follows both a lunar cycle and a solar cycle. Most calendars either follow the solar cycle, the Roman calendar followed a solar cycle, the Egyptian calendar followed a solar cycle, the Christian calendars in their many forms all follow solar cycles. There are many calendars that follow lunar cycles. The Muslim calendar follows a lunar cycle. There are many calendars that follow lunar cycles. Jews are unique, we do both. We have a lunar cycle, our months follow the moon, the new month is the new moon. And our years follow the sun; it always rounds up to the season, always adds up over a 19-year cycle. We always stay in sync with the solar year as well. We're a hybrid. Now, why is that? Well, Torah says that we should always keep to our seasons, but there's also something very symbolic about it. The sun is very; the solar cycle is very straight and predictable. The sun shines the same every day. It adjusts a little bit. Some days are longer, some days are shorter. Sometimes the sun is a little higher in the sky, sometimes a little lower in the sky. But it's pretty consistent. The moon waxes and wanes. It gets bigger and it gets smaller. It gets big till you see a full moon in the middle of the Jewish month, on the 15th of the month. And then it goes smaller, smaller, smaller until there's no moon at all. and you see a tiny, tiny, tiny moon. The moon also is very... The, our... our Orbit of the sun is pretty straightforward. The earth orbits the sun in a very straightforward predictable manner. Every year it's the same 365 and a quarter just under a quarter of days. The moon the 29 and a half days that we had even we add the 44 minutes and 3 and a third seconds is an average. The moon actually changes every single month. And that's because the moon is rotating is in an orbit around our Earth, while our Earth is rotating at the same time, and our Earth itself is moving, and the Moon is being pulled by the gravitational pull of our Earth while being pulled by the gravitational pull of the Sun at the same time. And because the Moon is being pulled in so many directions, it's moving around the moving Earth and being pulled by both the Earth and the Sun, therefore the Earth's movement is quite Complex. In fact, it is considered to be in five different orbits. In other words, it's moving in five different directions simultaneously, which makes it somewhat complex to figure out the exact spot of the moon at any particular time. You could do it. Today, there's already YouTube videos on how to do it. But there's books on it. You could figure it out. We've figured it out. But the moon is very complicated. The sun represents consistency, predictability. The moon represents constant change and movement. But we need to have both. In our relationship with God and our life in general, we need to have predictability and consistency. Every day you've got to get up and do the same thing. You teach yourself to do the same thing, you do the right thing every single day. That's why in Judaism, you have to get yourself into good habits. You got to keep doing the same thing again and again. We pray three times a day, every single day without exception. No matter what, we always pray. Even special occasion, it doesn't matter. We always have the same morning, afternoon, evening prayer. Same time. Morning, afternoon, evening. Every single day, even after Yom Kippur, you blow the shofar and you finish the Neilah prayer, and everyone's ready to eat. The rabbi says, don't go to eat yet, we still have to do the mire of the evening prayer. It's dark outside, you can't eat. you've can't got to first do the evening prayer. Even though it's post Yom Kippur, you still got to do it. No matter what, three times a day we always pray. People ask when we are open, when the JCC is open, so that we're open every single day of the year, without exception. Sometimes the office is closed, there are days the office is closed. But we're always open. Every morning we have morning prayers. Every afternoon we have afternoon prayers. Every single day. No exception. Are they the same, are they the same prayers or three different prayers? They've, they, they sometimes change. But we pray every single day. We should do, And we have to get into a habit of doing good things. Every single day. The same things get into a habit. It has to be consistent. When we become, When it becomes consistent and predictable... You stay on course. You keep doing the right thing. Every single it's amazing. But then, we also need change every once in a while. And therefore, in Judaism, we also have change. We have a calendar with different holidays that come along. We need to change. Things need to always change. We need to spice things up a little bit. We need excitement. We need new things. We need to grow. We need change. But even with that, don't lose the consistency. Because if you lose the consistency, then when you have a down moment, you have nothing. So we need both. And that's why Judaism has both the solar aspect, which is consistent, and the lunar aspect, which changes, because our lives have to have both. Both the consistency as the predictability, as well as the change and the renewal.